I never, as a kid, projected I would do anything that would make Chevy Chase so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to nothing important. They're singing Go Cubs Go! Go Cubs Go! I hate this fucking song. Please enjoy the show. On the Someone Important Hotline, it's fucking Dave. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, hey what's up? Way to join the recording 19 minutes late. Uh, yep. At a recording session, sorry. <laughs> yeah, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Pretty well, actually. <laughs> Are you still in the recording session now? No, I kicked him out. Oh. <laughs> have, they, uh, have they paid you? Yes. Yeah, we're okay. <laughs> Fuck, that's what I forgot. <laughs> uh, I haven't really talked to you, gentlemen. Uh, a lot of big things have happened since uh, since really we've had a chance to sit down that's and chat. Uh, well, I mean, uh, like the Chicago Cubs won the World Series. I heard right? something. I heard that might have happened. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Only like four weeks ago now, right? <laughs> there are still there. There are still. Um, people in the city who uh are still coming to grips with the fact that chicago still won like it's weird and especially for somebody like me like i i honestly don't give a damn about 99 percent. like the novelty of chicago winning the world series is more interesting to me than the fact that chicago even has a baseball team <laughs> like if that makes it sense you know what i mean blowing up yeah it's still blowing up all over my facebook right where people now, who live around there are just still pining yeah, over it, the fact that they won, which I'm a Cubs fan and have been forever. Mm. And I get it, and it's cool, and I like it, and you know, I'm very positive about it. But all right, let's let's move on. It's still life. What I what right. <laughs> what I what I'm enjoying about this time of year is that the Cubs have finally won the World Series and Chicago is really a Bears town. Like somebody said on the radio mm-hmm. today, said baseball divides us, football unites us. We're, we're all Bears fans for the most part. So the Cubs win the mm-hmm. World Series after so many years, and this is like the worst Bears season that we've witnessed in our lifetime, one of the worst. <laughs> so I'm really kind of enjoying that because now it's like the Bears got to kind of step up their game because they're being so overshadowed. Now it's, now it's wait till next year for the Bears because it's been since 85 since the Bears won anything. You know, we're yeah, going on 40 something years here. <laughs> yeah. You know, it it's amazing. Uh, I'm sorry, thirty something years. It, it it's it's amazing the <laughs> uh, the Chicago. So years years ago in uh, Julia, Illinois, they opened up a shoe carnival. <laughs> and uh, I'm wearing shoes from there high, right now. Why are you laughing? Me, I'm just because me and my high school girlfriend went there to the shoe carnival during its grand opening, and uh, they had some guy from the 1985 Bears there. Uh, taking pictures and signing autographs, right? Uh-huh. And they had some sort of stupid contest. I don't even remember what the contest was, but somehow uh, I ended up winning the contest, and I have an, a football autographed by this guy from the 1985 Bears. 
And that was probably in 1997. Right. And I remember being a 17-year-old punk, uh, getting ready to finish high school, and thinking, man, what a bunch of fucking dorks. This happened when I was five years old. Get the fuck over it. Right? <laughs> but here it is. <laughs> here it is, 2016. Uh, I think the Bears went to the Super Bowl not too long ago. 2000, right, 2006, yeah. they were in the Super Bowl, yeah. Okay. Okay, so it was like 10 years ago they went to the Super Bowl. Nothing since, and to this day, you will still hear radio commercials like, Hi, I'm so-and-so from the 1985 Chicago Bears Super Bowl championship team. Yes, sir. It's like, is that still a selling point? <laughs> like, People yes. are like, well, you know, I wasn't going to go pawn my jewelry at that pawn shop, but since some jackass from a football team 30 years ago is there, you know, <laughs> it's like a draw. Just... It, and, and that's amazing to me because it's it's – well, I to kind of touch on what Jeff said, everything is still blowing up. But to go back to what you were saying, yeah, I can honestly see people being more blasé about the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series after 108 years than they ever will be about the Chicago Bears winning a Super Bowl in the 80s. Well, I was just going to say this means that in like 20, in like 2071, you're still gonna be seeing Cubs hawking shit. It'd be like an 80 year old Anthony Rizzo, like remember me from the 2016 Cubs. Like yeah, that's just gonna be happening. Joe <laughs> Madden's gonna be a legend. Glass case of emotion. <laughs> <laughs> but you could be in a glass case of protection if you call ADAT Services. You know. <laughs> hey Chicago, what do you say? The Cubs are gonna win. So, uh, Dave, I'm kind of excited about today's phone call. We have uh, Charlie Coons coming up from, uh, he was on Community, but more uh, beyond that, he was also in Rubber, which is an absurdly silly movie that you always talk about. Yeah, I I was going to refresh myself on Rubber, but I didn't have the time, and I'm kind of regretting that because it is such a random, weird movie, I can't really remember what happens. (laughs) Jeff. So as far as I know about Rubber is it is a documentary about the vulcanization process that led to tires. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure I'm completely wrong. <laughs> uh, but that's where I've that's what I've got for this. Okay, a documentary about the vulcanization process of tires would be more interesting I think than this movie Rubber. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's there's just it's it's like non sequitur. It's it's like one scene doesn't even relate to the next scene. So weird, but it's not so a vignette. It's like a crappier movie forty three. <clears throat> but I was gonna say it's not vignettes. Like these are. It's supposed to tell you a story. I mean, I don't know. He kills people and makes birds blow up. It's a tire. Oh. <laughs> All right. He has a name. I forgot his name. I think the tire has a name. And then there's like people watching from a hill and they eat the chicken and they all die except for the one person that was screaming, "Don't eat the chicken." <laughs> Buy it a nickel. If I had a yeah, nickel. right. Yeah. That's, that's how my family did Thanksgiving. Actually, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired of these movies rehashing the same plot over and, yeah. and over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> well, it's it's. I think it's part of a trilogy, or like this guy made three movies. One of them's called Wrong. One of them's called Wrong Cops, starring Marilyn Manson. And then Wrong Robert. Wrong oh. Cops. Yeah, the first one's called Wrong, about like some writer that lost his dog and goes on this series of crazy shit or whatever. And then Wrong Cops, I kind of saw some of because Marilyn Manson's in it, and uh, I was curious. And uh, 
No. Okay. And then rubber. <laughs> like that's all I have to say about these movies. They're just weird. 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 Well, I can't for I can't wait for you to ask him about it, and then I can't wait for him to uh, listen to the show later on, and then uh, you just made fun of the movie he was in. <laughs> I seriously hope that he knows about the vulcanization process discovered you, at the turn of the century, you, though. You should because that would be that'd be really that would be really cool. Tell him that show. same line that you thought that's what rubber was. See how he reacts. I can do that. <laughs> I did see. So, I, hey. You were in the movie Rubber, right? Which is far... Uh, I've got an IMDb up here about the discovery of the vulcanization process of tires. So how'd that work out? <laughs> what kind of research did you do? <laughs> yeah. Is Mr. Goodyear nice in person? <laughs> because the, the thing about documentaries is you want to educate, inform, and entertain. <laughs> so how- Absolutely. Absolutely. How did you make sure that all the all those facets came together? How do you make sure that your tires are no longer sentient? That's what I want to know. <laughs> right, because that's the whole point. Is like it's it's sentient tires that run people over, Dave. It uses telekinesis to blow things up. Like it'll just start shaking, and then something blows up. <laughs> And Jeff, uh, Charlie Coots is on the Someone Important Hotline. Hey, Charlie! Hey, Charlie! Hey, hey Charlie. Charlie. How Thank you for having me. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Uh, yeah. First off, I want to apologize for that lame-ass round of applause. That was only me clapping. We really need to have, like, a sound effect there, so it makes us sound like we're, we're a little bit better produced than we really are. <laughs> Dave and Jeff need to start pulling their weight. Come on. Yeah. Right. I'll fix All it. All right. So let's try this one more time. Post. I'll fix it in post. Let's- yeah. <laughs> of a full-on studio audience for this one <laughs> awesome uh well charlie thanks uh thanks for coming on the nothing important podcast we're honored to have you it's super awesome uh you know jeff is a big uh community fan uh but where i'd really like to start is the movie rubber dave talks about this movie all the time and i still have no idea what the hell dave is talking about uh nobody does <laughs> it's uh it's about um as in depth as it sounds it's a movie about a killer tire that <laughs> animates itself and blows up people's heads i mean what, what, what do you want i told you this you know, is not a fake story yeah. I told you this movie exists. brian i think you might be overthinking it <laughs> <laughs> you know what's, you know what the beauty about that is charlie is that is exactly what dave said about five minutes before you called when he described the movie <laughs> <laughs> exactly i mean it was I, I can give you at least uh some semblance of backstory as to, as to what i think it means um you know it, it was my first movie so i had never really done anything uh before that but um yeah, it was such a bizarre thing. The script is only 60 pages long because most of it is just a tire rolling through the desert. <laughs> so nobody, nobody really knew what to make of it. And so I was, you know, looking for my, for anybody to cast me in absolutely anything ever. So I was like, yeah, killer tire movie. Absolutely. I'll do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then it somehow rolled its way into some festivals and <laughs> done that. That, that's almost six years ago. Yeah, man. 
David's been talking I, about it pretty uh, consistently since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I must have read the wrong IMDb because as far as I knew, it was uh, you playing Charles Goodyear in the discovery of the vulcanization process for tires. <laughs> so, oh. I'm sorry I'm misinformed. <laughs> no, that's on, that's okay. That's on uh, that's on the bucket list for my future career. <laughs> it, it I've always like wanted a... to play that tire inventor. <laughs> it, it could be like the story of the man who inspired the movie Rubber. <laughs> that so like it, it could be it, it would be in the greater cinematic Rubber universe. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yes. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. Cool. See, we're we're gonna make you all sorts of money, uh, Charlie. <laughs> this is gonna be great. <laughs> I'm I'm so glad I'm so glad you guys called. <laughs> oh, uh, stick stick with us. We will take you absolutely nowhere. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. It, you know all things uh, you know all all things considered. I, I love that movie. It's obviously got sentimental value for me, but um, mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. And, and like I said, six years later, still talking about it. I, it's, for anybody on listening to the podcast who hasn't seen it, uh, I recommend it. It's an experience, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I I can't forget it. I'm still thinking about the people on the hill eating the eating the turkey with the binoculars. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Yep. <laughs> and everybody just kind of dies. Great. Oh, yeah, so I had uh, I had the world's worst death scene in that movie, um, which you never saw because it was cut out. Oh, I. Uh, <laughs> Our director was uh, is a French filmmaker named Quentin Dupont, and he's a uh, like a house DJ, a French French house music DJ, pretty popular. Mm. Um, huh. But uh, you know, this is a couple of years ago, and um, we were doing my death scene, and you know, the sun's going down. I'm acting my ass off, and finally, somebody says, you know, we do so many takes. Finally, somebody says, "Well, what's the problem here?" Um, is the lighting bad? Is the shot bad? Like, what's the deal? And Quentin, in his French accent, says, uh, "No, no, no. The lighting is good. The, the framing is good. The acting is um, bad." Oh. <laughs> oh. And he's like, "I'm, I'm sorry. My English is not that good. Do you know uh, what I mean?" And I was like, oh. "Yes." Slap in the face. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, we do it a couple more times, and he goes, uh, okay, that's pretty good. And then, you know, a year and a half later at the Cannes Film Festival, I'm sitting in France, and I see a very fuzzy Charlie Coons die in the foreground, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> like, okay. I guess that got the axe. Oh, well, that'll do. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. Uh, well, that, that's something Brian is very familiar with on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Getting cut yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah, I cut them out all yeah. the time. All the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, you know, but it, it all works out because uh, you had a pretty, uh, you know, you had uh, some notoriety in community. Uh, Jeff is, is a big fan of community. And uh, we were just we were just talking about, um, I, I got to tell you, the episode with the Dungeons and Dragons episode yeah uh, it's probably the most awkward i've ever felt watching a sitcom in my life it's like it's like very cringy for me that's the best compliment i've ever received oh all right well, <laughs> well fantastic then. yeah that, that, that's awesome that's a perfect review good that's exactly what we were going for <laughs> it was and and like and you can ask either of these guys i've known them you know for over half of my life like typically i i i, I blow off movies and and 
TV shows where I'm like, whatever. Like, dude, why are you getting emotionally invested in that? Like, right. Yeah, right, right, right. Like, why are you sad anybody dies in a movie? They're not real people. Get the fuck over it. Like, so I usually just just watch more as a time waster. But like, just watching that episode and the, and the way that it was carried and the way that you acted in it, like, it was just like, uh, like, yeah, like I, I guess the only way to describe it, it was just so super cringeworthy. What was it? Was it? cringeworthy like that when you were actually on set filming that episode? I know this is several years ago, but yeah, I, well, I was going to say, imagine, imagine being there. Yeah. I, you know, it's, um, it's an experience to be six inches away from Chevy chase, really, <laughs> really hurling, hurling the darkest shit your way. It's like, uh, you know, Dan, Dan Harmon, who created the show always talks about, um, the completely unappreciated villain role that Chevy played in that, which was amazing. But there were times on set where it was like, I think he, I think he thinks this. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, it was a little too real. It was really real. It was like, we, they would call it kind of like, Oh my God. I didn't, I never, I never as a kid projected, I would do anything that would make Chevy chase so pissed. <laughs> it was crazy it was such a weird experience so yeah i mean it was um it was a tough uh you know it's such a weird thing to say it was a tough few days on a on a sitcom because i had to to really do that and you know i'm clearly not wearing a uh, a fake little belly so i mean it, it gets into your psyche a little bit sure. but you know at, at the end of the day i mean i think it's great and, and i've always credited that episode and, and even think like, you know, we were talking about rubber a second ago, it just, which is an amazing move movie that I certainly didn't write or direct. And just think of talking about this one episode of a TV show five years later. I mean, <laughs> it, it really goes to, um, the writing and, and it was such a great move by Dan and the writers and the director and all that kind of stuff to, um, lean into it and really make it as uncomfortable as possible and have that pay off. And, um, so no, no acting on my part. It's just Chevy Chase yelling at me for four days. <laughs> <laughs> it was scary. So let me, let me ask you about that a little bit. And, um, you know, you're a larger gentleman. I'm a bigger gentleman. Dave is kind of a big guy, uh, just kind of weird, but, <laughs> um, so, you know, as a bigger, as a bigger guy, when you go audition for a character where they are going to be referring to as fat Neil, um, like, uh, like I, I would think, see like me, if somebody makes fun of me being out of shape or fat or whatever, like I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. You got it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all, but I know you're involved with the be real campaign and, uh, you know, about body image and such. So I, I guess what I'm asking is, is, you know, obviously like everybody who's, who's uh, bigger like us knows we're, we're big people, you know, like it's, it, everybody, everybody knows that some people alert. like, right. <laughs> like me, I could give a shit less, <laughs> like, but some people have real issues and it really legitimately bugs them. So I, I guess what I'm asking you, like if, when you go to audition or be a part of a show right. and you know that your character is going to be referred to as fat Neil. Um, like, did you, did that bother you at all? Did you have any hesitancy towards that? Or are you just kind of like, Hey man, I'm a, I'm a big jolly dude. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's something that's kind of always there, especially in this, 
in this business. And, you know, um, I've been, I'm so glad that I, a got that part and took the part. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a little bit weird. Like, man, this is going to be kind of my first big TV thing. I don't know if I want to be the fat guy, but then, then again, maybe I shouldn't have had so many pizzas. I have no idea. But, um, but you know, I think, I think the important thing, um, and what I learned from that part was that, and again, I credit the writers for this, for teaching me this, is that it's about the way that you, discuss it. And you know what? Mm -hmm. Honestly, dude, you're exactly right. A lot of people do have very intense, deep emotional feelings about it, uh, mm -hmm. feelings about how they got here or, you know, the way that their life is and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I think it's just a matter of a basic level of respect to at least talk about those things in a way that's real, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I was uh, just telling somebody the other day, it can be frustrating to read a script where every single scene my character has, like, Cheeto dust on <laughs> his fingers or, like, you know, ranch dressing dripping down his shirt or whatever. And I always just kind of feel like I'm a, you know, it's it's film. It's moving pictures. I, I think an audience is smart enough to know that I, you know, have had a cheeseburger before. I don't think we have to sell it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, you don't got to keep driving the point home. <laughs> exactly. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah. We get it. It's like doing stuff, doing stuff like that. Is like whenever there's a nerdy character, they always have to have like glasses, <laughs> like like something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This guy is a, a super villain and has perfect eyesight. That's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> and eats an apple. It seems like all villains always eat apples too. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. The, but yeah. Anyway, I mean, long story short, I mean the the being involved with the be real campaign. I mean, it, it's about feeling good about yourself. I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's regardless of any weight. I mean, if you take a group of people that struggle with being overweight then you can have a similar um, control group of study for people who are like drastically underweight with eating disorders and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's about finding the love inside yourself as cheesy as it, as it sounds. And it's also not about, this is a thing that gets really confusing. I know this is hilarious for your awesome direct <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> is uh, really cutting, cutting it up. Um, <laughs> The the thing that I think some campaigns can get saddled with is you love yourself to the point of not being interested in forward motion. You know, like sure, well, yeah, you have to you you love yourself so much that you don't have to do anything. Um, right. And you know, i've I've had to I've had to confront that stuff. I mean, my girlfriend just moved in with me about four months ago and you know, my lifestyle completely changed and yeah. that was a, a moving forward moment. I've lost 70 pounds. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Since yeah. uh, getting together, which is crazy, but it's, but it's about, you know, finding the, the life that you're interested in and, and not just relegating everything to how much you weigh or how you look or what color you are, or what gender you are or whatever. It's a, it's an amalgamation. Yeah. Right, right on. So you you're uh you were in uh CSI Cyber for a couple seasons. What what is what's next now? Where where are you headed next in your career? 
You tell me, brother. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I got this uh, good idea for a movie about the Goodyear guy. <laughs> oh, Charles Goodyear? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um I'm I'm I'll, I'll try I'm trying to secure funding. I already got like 50 bucks towards it. <laughs> so, okay. you know, executive producer is my title. I, I want to make sure that it's clear that I want to play the guy and not the blimp. That's That's, <laughs> that's the point that I try to to want to hammer home. Look, I'm I'm just saying I'm not central casting, okay? <laughs> like I don't exactly. I, I'm just the money man with my fifty bucks and uh, Indiegogo campaign. That's that's, right. all, that's all I got. <laughs> that might be enough these days. Who knows? <laughs> right, uh, Jeff. Jeff can be the historical uh, the historical uh, advisor. Right, he, I got he's it. a big fan of Charles down. Goodyear. Right. Oh yeah, and, I love and, it. In the world. And Dave, he could be the continuity guy. <laughs> that way. <laughs> That way, in the greater rubber cinematic universe, we don't stray too far away from the original source material. Right. So Dave will be there, since he's been such a big fan, obsessed over this movie over the past six years. Dave could let us know if we're straying too far away from the real story. I appreciate that. And guys, I got to tell you, this is so refreshing. And not a lot of people know this about me. This is actually how I like to choose movies on the <laughs> air and sight unseen. <laughs> this is well, I'm glad this all worked out for everybody then. Yeah, yeah, right I'm in. All right, that's, a, that's in. a wrap. Let's that's be, a pretty let's solid see podcast. How far this train can go? <laughs> <laughs> we'll start over the contracts. I'll have my people call your people. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. We're we're gonna run this. Uh, we're gonna ride it off the rails, my friend. It's gonna be great. <laughs> off the rails. Great right. Oscar gold. <laughs> well. uh, Charlie, thank you. Uh, we won't keep you any longer. Thank you so much for coming on the Nothing Important Podcast. It was absolutely awesome. Uh, talking to you we wish you nothing but luck in uh future endeavors and uh, with the be real campaign and uh, make sure to check your email we're going to send you the script to um the uh what's the name of the charles movie good- jeff the, uh, the worst well, year the good year title is just the charles goodyear story but i would think i'm going to call it sulfur sulfur <laughs> good idea so, yeah, I'm, I'm i will fire anybody who gave you my email <laughs> I'm just thank kidding. You. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much thank for having so me. Much. Thank you so much. All right, Thank you. Let's do. Yeah, thanks Let's a lot, do it again Charlie. soon. Cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, fellas. Have a good one. Have a good one. Awesome. <laughs> what a fun guy. <laughs> yeah. <that was laughs> just jumped right into the rubber thing. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you missed the first 15 minutes of us talking about that before you were on. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but man, I can't uh, wait to hear super, it. Super cool, dude. And see, I, I was completely interested in that because, um, one, because of the rubber thing, and two, because of the community thing. But um, um, like I said, like I, I'm a guy. So like if anybody brings up image or how they look to me, I'm pretty open about the fact that I'm very caveman-ish. You know? Like yeah. my wife is like, yeah, why don't you comb your hair? And I'm like, I've never combed my hair in my life. <laughs> and I'm proud right. of that, you know? Or like, if somebody tells me that I'm chubby, I'm like, yeah, right on. Like, absolutely no shame. But, um, you know, like, I, I do have buddies who are kind of like really self-conscious about it, you know? Like, uh, you, you know, like somebody can make one slight little comment about his weight and you, you can see that it really affects them. And, and I yeah. sometimes feel bad because that's not something I can empathize. I, like, I try to. Like, hey, I'm your friend. And, like, I understand that hurt your feelings. But then most of me is like, uh, maybe you should just kind of fucking suck it suck it up a bit. <laughs> you know? Like, you, right. you know you're, you're fat. Well, I, I, uh, always, I, I always run into the thing where, like, 
my defensive mechanism has always been to make fun of myself first. Not even about the weight, just about mm. anything, you know, because you laugh at yourself first and it takes the power away from other people. So I enjoy making fun of myself. And anytime I make a comment, people be like, oh, you're not fat. I'm like, I have a mirror. Do you have eyes? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, <"Dude>, shut <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> I can call myself fat. Therefore, you can too, because I already did it. And like, yeah, I'm just making a joke, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to drive myself into depression by making jokes about yeah. myself. Right. But then as, as Charlie was explaining it, I like how he explained it as, uh, you know, just because the whole, th- because I think, I think I kind of fall into that trap a little bit too. Like a lot of times when people have, uh, have causes that I necessarily don't understand, like the end game is like the base point of their cause, you know, where, where, but as opposed to what Charlie was saying, he's like, well, just because you accept it doesn't mean that that should be the end game. You should still work for something better, but it's right. just more about like, like, you know, that's acceptance is, is kind of the key to that. And I was like, all right, that's, that's a solid yeah. point. Like, yeah, knowing so, where you're at right now, and it's a point. It's a place. Right. But there's places to go beyond that. Right, absolutely. So that that was a that was like a great conversation. Jupiter. I'm so glad he was on. <laughs> like Jupiter, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we don't typically talk uh, politics or anything on this show, but I think I'm going to loosen some of the restrictions that we had because some of the restrictions that we had uh, were from my former career, and I kind of had a contentious workplace where um, – basically I work with a bunch of people that would probably, uh, you know, perpetual victims, Yeah, you know, and everybody, everybody is sexist. Like, uh, like I've said it several times before. The one that always stands out to me is I said that, uh, I would not have dated my wife if she couldn't cook. Right. And the whole office full of women took that as me saying, uh, my wife, all she can do is cook, you know, like, like, right. like I demanded that. Right. Like that was her sole position in life was to cook for me. That's how they took it. When really I was just saying, uh, I like yummy food and I think it's awesome that my wife can cook. So I wouldn't have dated her if she couldn't do that. Right. Like that's, I feel that's a pretty innocent statement. So, uh, so me and Dave, uh, protected, uh, our, our way around that was, is, uh, I didn't need these girls tanking my career, uh, because they're totally the kind of vindictive people that would do that. But, uh, now I'm no longer in that career and I have another job. Uh, fuck it. We'll talk about whatever the fuck we want. So, uh, although I struggle with this because I still kind of hate politics, but I will say, uh, well, obviously like Donald Trump, you know, point of the show was nothing important. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, if there's anything less important to me, it's actually politics. This, this <laughs> like, is also true because anything that we say, uh, it's three, two fat guys and a skinny guy just talking shit. Right. But Indeed. so here, here's my only like real political thoughts, um, about this. Like I, Totally went into that thinking Hillary Clinton was going to win, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I honestly didn't care up until just recently because I, I have never really cared about politics. I find it boring when people debate. Like, we get it. Everybody you don't like is Hitler. Like, no matter who you are or what side you're on, everybody you don't like is Hitler. And if you don't like the current president, they're always going to go down as the worst president ever. Right. When really, none of, the, none of that is ever true. And if anything, any president in our lifetimes, uh, since the 80s on up, will probably go somewhere in the mediocre column. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, they're never awesome. So anyway, it's, it's all exaggerated. And I, I find it completely boring. Uh, but what, uh, one consistent belief I've had in my life and you two can back me up on this is like, I am vehemently against, uh, people being crybabies and pussies like, like that yeah. really irks me more than anything. And so going into the election night, um, I was, me and my wife fell asleep cause I was like, well, I don't think there's any way Trump could pull it off. But you know, if he, if he ends up winning this state and this state, then it's pretty much over just because that's the way 
the Electoral College works. Uh, but Hillary Clinton's probably going to win. And upstairs from us, they were having a Hillary Clinton vi- victory party. So every time like she won whatever state she won, they would like cheer and go crazy. So they cheered my wife like and I three felt- times the whole night. Right. <laughs> but my, my wife burr, and I fell asleep. Hillary Burr. <laughs> my wife and I fell asleep, and I woke up about three in the morning, and it was awful quiet. And I'm like, man, for a victory party, <laughs> like there's not a lot of noise up there because like – the Bears could play at three o'clock in the afternoon and they'll still be stomping around till two in the morning, you know? So they, yeah, right. like that, this is like a big deal, you know? So I'm like, holy shit, Trump won. I'm like, that's the only reasonable explanation. So I'm like fumbling to turn on the projector because I have a projector, not TV. And my wife's like waking up. She's like, do we have a president yet? And I'm like, I think it's Donald fucking Trump. So <laughs> like she turned it to it just in time to catch like a replay of his speech. And I'm like, oh. Okay, well, you know, uh, whatever. Well, that's that's the way it was decided. Uh, I don't really have a, you know, I didn't even vote, so I don't even have a, I don't, I don't have a say, you know, like I don't have a, what am I trying to say? I don't, I don't have a. You don't have a horse in the race. There you go. I don't have a horse in the race because my attitude was like, well, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. whatever. So, um, uh, and I felt that way until I went to work the next day. And being in Chicago, particularly downtown Chicago, uh, seeing grown men cry over the election result. Hey, okay. It, and I'm like, uh, so I'm sitting in my office and I'm like, is this really happening? Like, I get you're bummed out that like your guy didn't win, but you're fucking crying. Like maybe because they made such a big deal about. Uh, Hillary Clinton being possibly the first woman president. I can understand it's a little bit more emotional for girls, but like, hey, after a couple days, get the fuck over it. Because after a couple days, you know, we've been doing elections for a few hundred years. Like after a couple days, it should go from being sad to like, man, that's a bummer. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or, you know, like I really would have liked my person win. But to this day, like as recently as of earlier today, there are still grown men and women acting like they're somehow victimized because Hillary Clinton didn't win. And uh, now for the first time, prob- okay, I voted once when I was 18 years old. And now for the first time in my adult life, uh, I am going to back, uh, I'm going to support Donald Trump just out of spite. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, I, uh, okay. Just, just out of spite, just because I'm not even sure if I really agree with whatever, whatever he says he said. Cause I, I kind of, uh, passively followed it i followed it more for the shit show <laughs> than right. anything you know? yeah uh but um, and, and most people it seemed like or a lot of people it seems like right and uh and so yeah people like i get your guy lost but people are being such fucking crybabies about it uh that uh now anytime i get a chance i'm just going to talk about how great donald trump is and how i support him to the death like <laughs> i can't All believe right. that three weeks out people are being this big of fucking crybabies about this no, I, I can't be the only one. No, I right. I mean, I, I I don't know. I've I've really oh shit! I just kicked the microphone. Sorry. I've really tuned a lot of this out. Honestly, like I I got into one debate on social media just to debate facts with somebody. Not even because I had I cared either way. I just wanted to debate facts <laughs> instead of emotion or bullshit. Sure. And uh, like yeah, like it's it's the butt hurt is real, and I don't I don't mm-hmm. get it, and I don't. It's got to have something to do with social media and our ability to express ourselves it's like it's getting to a point where people can't contain their fucking emotions anymore and sometimes <laughs> right yeah you yeah. just need well, to that's just why i think it like, just because you have a to the place where it was 
like okay, where so, so many people thought Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton was going to have a landslide was right. because the only people you ever saw talk about that were the people who are overly espousing on social media. Right. Well, yeah, and that, it was over- that and all the people that hated Bernie until they had to choose Hillary and then they went to Trump. <laughs> right. So I mean the whole the whole thing is jacked up, but look, I mean it's it's a national election. The person you vote for doesn't win all the time. Right. I mean, I've 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 voted since I've been 18 years old, and the person I vote for doesn't always win. Right. But it doesn't mean that I'm gonna move to Canada or do any other whatever bullshit that people say that they're gonna do. Right. Well, here's here's uh, one. Thought. I woke I woke up and found out Donald Trump won because I opened up Reddit right away, and the only thing I saw was a post that said that Alec Baldwin has a job for at least the next four years on SNL. <laughs> Well, here's here's so one like, thought. Okay, well, that's how it turned out. Well, look at that. See, he's not even president yet, and he's already creating new jobs. That's great. <laughs> <There you laughs> yeah, see, are you are you are you, you going to start chanting "Hail Trump"? And <laughs> no, but I'm 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 definitely going to make it a point to uh, like for example, um, today on the um, on the uh, subway L train, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> depending on where it's at in the city, it's either a subway or the L train. Right. Right. Uh, you know the uh, the um, the group of uh, obvious roommates with like the same um, thick framed glasses and uh, you know like uh, uh, anti Donald Trump pins uh, get on the train and like that's all they start talking about. Mm. So like I'm gonna start just pretending that I'm making phone calls and talk about how awesome Donald Trump is just to like <laughs> just out of spite to people, which I typically <laughs> wouldn't do because I don't care. I just feel people are being uh, such big crybabies. And just taking it for too long. I, yeah, I think there's just a general overreaction. Yeah, like it's the crybabies and the people that are scared. What the hell are you scared of? Like, <laughs> I mean, Bill Burr put it the best. He's like, when Obama was president, did did he put food on your table? Did he call you at home? Like, no, he's just the president, man. We didn't elect the fucking monarch. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, so, what always pains me too is how people don't know how civics works, right. <laughs> and that. Congress are the people who actually make the laws. No, you're kidding. Right. Me. Wait. Like wait. the president of the United States signs some stuff, and he can say whatever he wants is going to happen, and he wants to do. Exactly. Well, he can make executive whatever, orders but, and do whatever the hell he wants. Yeah, but that still doesn't mean dick about shit. It's, <laughs> it's been about Congress, about representation for the people. So I've not understood in my entire life how like the presidential race is just this huge 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 thing right and then people keep electing the same people over and over and over to their districts right and, as their senators uh but don't think that that's a problem right yeah exactly so, they, everybody wanted all this change and then put the same people back in office yeah exactly yeah. basic civics but right. because the president's right. the one thing that everybody votes for even though nobody really votes for him but everybody <laughs> votes for so it's our common thing that we can all focus on, and they've done, they, the powers that be, conspiracy theory alert, have done such a great job of making us focus on that one race and making it a competitive us-versus-them race that, yeah, you don't think about the other stuff that's been going on and the, the non-term Yeah, totally. And the crazy it's people just that like have been the, writing the same bullshit laws since, the, like, the 60s. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like the fake moon landing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 
the wool, just like the fake the movement. wool has been pulled over your eyes, my friend. <laughs> Stanley, yeah, you know Stanley Kubrick directed that, right? Stanley of Kubrick course. directed it while JFK was having sex with Marilyn Monroe in the background. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, everyone knows this. It's a tale as old as time. <laughs> That's called fact. <laughs> All right, guys. Fact. Right. All right, guys. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm going to end the recording uh, because it's getting late. Kristen's got to get to bed. And uh, you don't want to hear my. Ma- been doing this for over. You don't want to hear my huh? McDonald's story. Can we? Can we do it? Like, uh, <laughs> do you have a McDonald's story? They ripped me off for a can fucking we- dollar, and I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I want the episode to end right there. <laughs> Be sure to follow Nothing Important online at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Find us on iTunes, on Twitter at NotImportantPC, and you can also find us on Facebook. Nothing Important is recorded with help from Third City Sound in Joliet, Illinois. Thanks for being awesome.